Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Paul, whatever we call it, we trying to still figure out a name for it, but we're going to have a good time today. Hey, I was reminded, I was reminded to take selfies, take lots of selfies. There's a station out there uh, where the, 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 the logo is. There's a little bucket there where you can take little selfies. And, and uh, so take lots of selfies, lots of pictures, post them on Facebook. Come on, let's just saturate Facebook today with all the fun that's taking place. And again, we just want to create a buzz that God's doing some awesome things here. Amen. Amen. Well, we're continuing with our series today called The Masquerade or Masquerade. And so we've been talking in the last few weeks concerning this subject. First of all, we said we're just purposing to get real with God. In fact, uh, two weeks ago, we said we're just purposing to say to God, God, I want to remove my mask. I want to be exposed to you. I just want you to be real in my life. And I'm telling you, there were so many people that raised their hands and said, that's me. I want to make a decision to follow Christ. I want to recommit my life to God. And so I know that God is doing tremendous things within our church. In fact, even after that, the Wednesday night service after that Sunday, it was a full house on Wednesday night. And, and we've not been having that. And so it just shows me that God is stirring people's hearts and people are getting hungry to say, God, I want more of you. I want to prioritize my life with you. And God's moving. Can you say Amen. God's doing some awesome things. And so we also said last week, we talked about just those hurts that we face. We said that, that, that every single person has experienced some kind of tragedy in their life. But actually, it says this, the statistics, statistics say this, one out of three individuals have faced some kind of real significant hurt in their life. And so because of that, because of that hurt and because of the things that uh, we have experienced, what ends up happening is that because of not wanting to experience that again, we allow this thing to creep into our life that's called fear. And really fear is just simply a matter of wanting to be able to control the situation, wanting to keep somebody at an arm's distance, wanting to keep somebody from being able to hurt me again. And really, when we, when we look at that, this is not the life that God desires for us to experience. He's, this is not the life that God wants us to, to, to live to where we're closed up, bottled up, to where we keep people at an arm's distance because of fear that I'll get hurt again. And Jesus, he dealt with individuals, and he actually called them hypocrites because they were living life one way, but really their heart was in another place. And this is what it means, that, that, that word hypocrite, when Jesus... Uh, uh, called them that this is what it defines as in the in the Greek it says an actor playing a role someone wearing a mask or misrepresenting reality and if you've ever been hurt and if you've ever allowed fear to begin to fill your life we begin to not want to experience that again and therefore we begin to adjust our thought life we begin to adjust our life as a result of the hurt and the fear that we've experienced. And if you've ever been hurt, 
you don't want to get hurt again, and you do what you have to do to protect yourselves. If you've never been or if you've never allowed yourself to be healed from the hurt, if you've never allowed yourself to truly get free from the hurt in your life, then you're carrying that today. I don't care how long it's been. I don't care if it was when you were a child. I don't care if it was when you were uh, with the first marriage. I don't care if it was last week. If you have not allowed God to heal that hurt in your life, you are still carrying it with you today. Now, you might compartmentalize it. You might push it down. You might put it in a deep, dark place. But there are those triggers in our lives that will begin to trigger that hurt or that fear in our life, and it will begin to surface once again. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And so if you're carrying around that hurt and it's caused you to live life in fear, there's a byproduct or there's a coping mechanism that many people use as a result of the hurt and the fear. And it's called the fruit of anger. Anybody ever have anger issues? Nobody in this place. Uh Uh-uh, not me. Everybody has an opportunity to experience anger. And if we don't deal with the hurt and the fear in our life, anger can consume us. You know, I've got a relative, an aunt. We'll pray that she don't listen to this recording. She don't like me, so I'm pretty certain she's, she's not listening, so I think I'm safe. But I remember when I was a young boy, my my parents were having a garage sale. And I think I've shared this with you guys before. But my next door neighbor said, hey, can I bring some stuff over? I was probably 12 or 13 years old, and and he was about the same age. And he says, can I bring some stuff over and try to sell it in your garage sale? And mom said, sure, go ahead. And so he brought some things over. And one of the things that he brought over was a pair of boxing gloves. And so this aunt came over, and she's looking at the garage sale, and she sees that there is these pair of boxing gloves. And so she puts one on and she throws me the other one. She goes, put it on. And so I'm thinking she's just horsing around. So I put it on and I happen to raise up my glove. Well, as soon as I raised up my glove, she clocks me. I mean, she nailed me and hurt me. I mean, punched me right in the face. And I'm sitting there staggered and thinking, What just happened? She punched me in the face. And so she's still standing there, and she's kind of dancing around a little bit. And for some stupid, ignorant reason, I brought my glove back up. And she wailed off and punched me in the face again. And in the moment of getting punched, like I said, I'm 12, 13 years old. She's an adult woman, and she nails me. And I'm thinking, what just happened? And I'm telling you, just telling that story, I've chose to forgive my aunt. I really have. But just telling that story of that aunt doing that to me begins to stir emotions. Do you know what I'm saying? And you realize fear, hurt, 
Anger doesn't mean that you're free from the feeling. It's a matter of what you choose to do with the feelings that come. But like I said, just telling that story, those feelings start to rise up on the inside of myself. And I start to feel the emotions because as a kid, I was stunned. But as an adult, I'm thinking, I wish I could have a (laughs) do-over. I wish we could do that over again. Because I'm thinking to myself, I would defend myself and the outcome would be different. Right? And so when I think about that aunt... And the way that she was, that's exactly why she was the way she was. Is because of all the things that had happened in her past. The hurt, the pain. She had a very rough upbringing. And it affected her. And so what happened? As a result, there was a lot of hurt on the inside. And because of that hurt, fear began to rise on the inside. And fear says, I'll never let those things happen to me again. And because she didn't deal with the hurt, what she does or what she became was a very bitter and angry person. And the reason that she became an angry, bitter person was because she said, I will never be hurt again. I'm going to control the circumstance. I will control the circumstances of my life so that I don't get hurt. I'll control relationships because if I control the relationships, I won't experience the pain. What was she doing? She's trying to defend herself. But How many of you know that that can get real ugly real fast? If we don't choose to deal with the hurt, the anger, the fear. 2 Timothy chapter 1 in verse 6 through 8, it says this. That is why I remind you to fan into flame the gracious gift of God. That inner fire, the special endowment which is in you through the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. Verse 7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardness or fear. He has given us a spirit of power, of love, and sound judgment, and personal discipline, ability to result in a calm, well-balanced mind, and self-control. Let's break that down. God says that I did not give you a spirit of fear, but one of power, of self-control and discipline. So if that's what God gives us, then on the contrary or the converse, what is the enemy trying to do? If God has not given us a spirit of fear, the Bible says that the enemy is the father of lies and therefore that's his tactic is to get us into a position of fear. So the enemy is consistently trying to get us into fear and if God says I've given you one of power, self-control and discipline, then fear instantly breeds the feeling of uncontrolled or being uncontrolled. Right? Why is a person angry? Because they're trying to control 
the circumstance, trying to control the hurt, trying to control the fear. And anger is a way that I express that and keep people and things at a distance. Because anger will not let people get too close. You're here today, many of you, that you've got some decoration on. Not decoration. You've got an outfit on, a costume. Thank you. You've got a costume on. You're, you're disguised in a certain matter. Some of you got masks on your face. And so even though we came to church today, some of you came as Batman, some of you came as a deer, Bambi, so, right? Some of you came as a Harley dude. Biker mama. My wife always says she likes bad boys, so, you know, every once in a while, you know, <laughs> become the bad boy for her. <laughs> but we put on these disguises this morning. In fact, somebody said to me, I had to take a, a second look at you because I didn't recognize that it was you to begin with. And I'm the pastor. In fact, I talked to somebody as we were going around. I, I was saying hi, and he says to me, he goes, hey, nice to meet you. <laughs> I met you before. <laughs> But here's my question for you today. What mask are you wearing that's hiding a reality? You might say, I'm not an angry person. Listen, anger is not just outburst of rage. It's not streaming and hollering. It's not being violent. Some of you are professional bottlers. You bottle it up. And you don't let anybody know. But there's a ticking time bomb going on on the inside of you. And the root of it is anger. And the root of anger is fear. Listen, I I meet with people often with marriage counseling. And 99.9% of the time, whenever I meet with somebody in a marriage situation, do you know what the conversation is? They won't do what I want them to do. Can you try to convince him to change his ways? Can you try to get her to stop being and doing? What's the root of the tension within the marriage? Somebody not doing what you want them to do. So you're trying to control a situation. Now, it might be a bad situation, but my point is this, is that fear and anger is always about trying to control a situation. But how many of you know you can't control somebody else? And heaven knows you have a hard time controlling yourself. Right? Am I the only one? And so we've got to be intentional. To deal with the hurt. Deal with the fear. Deal with the anger. And as I said, many of us have gotten very good at disguising the anger and calling it something else. And all we're doing is trying to cope with it or trying to hide. Putting up a mask to hide behind the anger that we're experiencing. Has anybody ever had a headache in here? I think just everybody ever has, uh, or everybody has. Has anybody ever taken like a Tylenol or an ibuprofen once you've had a headache? If you have, raise your hand. Many of you have. All right. So do you realize that when you take a Tylenol or ibuprofen, it's not taking away the headache? 
all it's doing is it's numbing the sensors and it's masking the pain. It's still there. The symptom or the problem of the headache is still there. The medication just masked it. And so many times we have gotten good at masking the hurt, the fear, the anger in our lives. And many times it shows up like this in homes. Nagging. Nitpicking. Just look straight ahead and we won't know it's you. My wife says I'm a good nagger and nitpicker. Can be. Sometimes we mask it with work. I just work, take all the overtime that I can. I purpose just to put my nose down, get to the grindstone. Because if I just work, then I don't have to deal with the pain, the hurt, and the fear. Some, you may be an avoider. You just avoid confrontation. And maybe some of you, as a result of trying to avoid the confrontation, avoid the problem at hand, maybe you'll just avoid and run, and you'll go hang out with your buddies. Or you'll hang out with your girlfriends. I want to encourage you, ladies. I want to encourage you, men. If you don't have godly men or godly women in your life that you can run to, don't run to somebody that is going to give you bad advice. Because they'll destroy your marriage. They'll destroy uh, the, the, the peace of mind that you do have and give you bad advice getting you going in the wrong direction. Now, I didn't say alienate yourself from your friends because they need Jesus too. But I'm talking about getting counsel. Don't run to somebody that has a screwed up marriage already. Don't run to somebody that's on their fifth or fourth marriage and, and they have anger problems themselves and say, I need help. Well, let me just tell you, sister. I'll tell you what you need to do. Right? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> you got to be careful who you run to. Some run to substance because it's an easy way out. Now, listen. I don't know where you're at. It's been 25 years since I've ever partaken of substance. But there's times when the emotions comes, when the feelings come, when the hurt comes, the disappointment comes, that the enemy comes and brings those ideas of how substance can help numb the hurt, the pain, and the disappointment, and even the anger on the inside. You might say, well, I thought you was a man of God. I am, but I'm human just like you. I was talking with somebody just the other day, and they said that exact same thing, saying, I'm going through some very hard stuff. And the enemy was saying, why don't you just do this? And he said, I knew it was a slippery slope, and I know once I get going down that path, where it leads, I don't want to go there. But again, what are we doing? We're trying to numb the hurt, the anger, the pain. Some of us like to go shopping. There's a gratification. There's a high. There's a, there's a fulfillment in that, but it's short-lived. You might say, I don't think I'm an angry person. Let me ask you, how you doing with your eating? Eating? One thing that I've discovered about myself is that when it comes to me having some frustrating moments, I've discovered that I like to eat. And it's all the junk food, the bad stuff, the fried stuff, the carbs, and all the breads and all that, and all the mashed potatoes and gravy. And you say, well, that's just you. Now listen, why is somebody drawn to food? Remember I said concerning fear 
It's something that you're endeavoring to try to control. When it comes to diet, your food, I can control that. And bless God, I'm going to get me some fried chicken right now. And I'm going to eat it and I'm going to like it. I don't care if I blow my diet. I deserve it. What are you doing? You're putting yourself in the driver's seat or being in control because you feel like life is out of control. Are you here this morning? Then I stop coming to church. I can control that. God, I'm mad at you. And it don't seem like you've been doing what I've asked you to do. And so one thing I know I can do, I'm angry and I can control my attendance. And I'm not coming no more. And you can forget that whole tithing thing. I ain't going to give my tithe either. In fact, I ain't even going to give you a penny. Because I'm ticked off and I can control that. Come on, am I hitting home today? That's everybody. And please don't hear me picking on you because this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where God is wanting to get our attention because there are things that are on the inside. If you don't deal with the roots, you can't control the fruit. I'll say that again because that was good. If you don't deal with the root, you can't control the fruit. Amen. So God's wanting us to come to a place of where we'll give him our heart, to come to him open-armed. Psalm uh, 34 says this, The Lord is near the brokenhearted. So many times we feel as though God is so far away. God says, I am close to the brokenhearted. You're looking everywhere else and God says, I'm right here. I'm right here. Psalms 30 says this. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks all you who remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Now the Bible says this, be angry and sin not. So there is a time to be angry. But notice what God says. He says, when it comes to your anger, it's only for a moment. And the anger that you have might be a result of the mourning or the hurt that has caused the anger. And he says, it's okay. It's okay to mourn. It's okay to be angry. Just don't sin. But then he says, listen, it's time to pick it up. It's time to come to a place where morning comes and to allow joy to heal the hurt. God understands your circumstance. He knows where you're at. He knows the pain. He knows your past, your present, and your future better than you can even begin to know it. And God says, listen, there's going to be some tough times, but I've got joy that's going to wash away the pain, the hurt, and the anger if you'll just allow me to mend your broken heart. Why is this? Because God desires for us to be free. He desires for us to be free. But in order for me to be free, I've got to acknowledge the hurt. As I said, if you've got anger issues, there's something that has hurt you in the past. And as a result, it's caused you to live a life of fear. And that's why you're angry. You've got to acknowledge, what am I mad at? What has hurt me? What am I afraid of? Why am I afraid to be hurt from people and things? 
What are you angry about? And you might have gotten to the place where that's just become who you are. You say, well, this is who I am, like it or lump it. That's just my personality. You show up and you blow up. That's just my makeup. No, it's not all right to take it out on somebody else. I realize that that's the coping and controlling mechanism, but God says he wants you to be free. The past will never allow you to live if you're not willing to live in the freedom of God's forgiveness. Has somebody close to you hurt you? Why are you angry? Anger is never the first emotion. It always piggybacks on something else. So you've got to identify the hurt. Second Timothy verse one says, or chapter one says, that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now I want you to understand something. I got time to tell you this story. When it comes to fear, did you notice that the Bible says that God has not given you a spirit of fear? Fear is not an emotion. Fear is spiritual. Fear is a personality. And God says, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and soundness of mind. So I could say it this way. If you're living a life of fear, if you're living a life that just is enraged with anger, it's demonic. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm saying the enemy is pushing your buttons and is wanting you to stay in that place. Why? Because if... You ever get free from that anger? If you ever get free from that bitterness, if you ever get free from the hurt, you actually have the potential of helping somebody else get free because you know how to do it. And have you ever noticed that it seems as though the people that got the greatest potential are the ones that carry the biggest burdens? Why? It's only a tactic of the enemy because he sees and knows your potential better than you do. Are you here this morning? Joy comes in the morning. I want to experience God's joy. But the enemy does such a good job of keeping us in fear. If you've been like me, there's constant things that you see on the television, hear on the news, read on Facebook. Just a few short weeks ago, we had a shooting in Las Vegas. Causes you to start to question things, doesn't it? Where is it safe? You start to hear all of these abductions that are going on in different stores. Causes you to just want to be safe and secure in your home. It's simply a tactic of the enemy to produce fear. We've got to get free from fear so that we can be free from anger. How many of you know that there's a price To anger. Anger is like a cancer. It'll spread. If you don't deal with it, it'll spread. In fact, I said I was going to share a story with you. I I may have shared this with you before. Some of you may have heard it before, but probably close to 20 years ago when my wife and I, when we first bought our, our first house, 
I was working for General Motors. I was an associate pastor at a church. We had bought a brand new house that we were renovating, brand new to us. And then I also started a, a remodeling uh, business with a friend. And, and so I was working ungodly hours. And so I came home one night from work, and I was getting ready to work on the house and doing some remodeling on the house, and I couldn't find my hammer. I was looking all over. I couldn't find my hammer. I went out into the garage and couldn't find my hammer. And I'm starting to get extremely angry. Now, have you ever been to that place where you feel it start to boil up on the inside of you? You know, you just want to say wrong words. (laughs) Want to say bad things. Because it's starting to bubble up. You're a preacher. I said I'm human. You might say, well, I can't believe you're admitting that. Well, listen, I know you do worse than I do. (laughs) But bubbling up on the inside. And I'm thinking to myself, where is my hammer? And I'm getting so angry that I'm wanting to break something. I'm wanting to punch a hole in the wall. I'm wanting to kick something. And the only reason that I didn't was because I knew that if I did it, I had to fix it. And so I was just enraged. After that, I found that my, my, my temper was extremely short all the time. For like three or four weeks, it just seemed like my fuse was short. And I remember we were driving into church. I can still see myself. We were on the overpass, and, and my wife and I are having an exchange. And all of a sudden, the exchange we're having, it just enraged me. And I mean, I am boiling on the inside. I, I mean, I'm not letting it loose on her, but I just sense it on the inside. And I said to God, I said, God, why am I acting this way? Why do I feel this way? You know what God said? He said, do you remember the hammer thing? I said, yeah. He said, you gave place to the spirit of anger. And because you subjected yourself to it and gave it a window into your life and you entertained it for a very long time, it started to mess with you. And it became easier and easier and easier for you to respond to anger. And therefore, this would bother you, that would bother you. And it just began to grow and grow and grow. Well, then I had to repent and say, God, forgive me. And God began to help me on that. See, again, we all put masks on. And it's just about hiding and covering things up. The longer it stays, the bigger it gets. You might say, well, what does that look like? It might look like criticism. It might look like judgment. It might be suspicion. Look at what Romans chapter 2 says. It says, therefore you are inexcusable, old man, whoever you are who judge, for in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. Huh. Isn't it real easy to be critical and criticize somebody else? Well, why don't you just do this? Why don't you just shut up and do a different thing? Why don't you just straighten up? It's real easy because everything about that is trying to control and you're trying to control somebody else. And the reason you're so indignant about it, it's because you haven't learned to control it yourself and it's easy to find in somebody else's life. I know I'm preaching to more than just myself here. It is. Come on. How many of you know that the biggest frustration you have in your life is you? 
You may not want to admit it, but it's you. Because you didn't do, you wanted to do, you could have, should have, would have, and you're still where you're at. Well, God's not being critical. He's saying, let me help you. Let me just share two more verses or one verse before we wind it up. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 and 5. It says, but in fact, he himself bore our griefs and carried our sorrows and pains. When Jesus went to the cross, he carried our griefs and he carried our pains. Jesus knew what his his objective was when he came. Jesus came to heal the hurt of the Father. And notice, he came to heal the hurt of the Father of sins that you hadn't even committed yet. But he paid the price so that it would restore a relationship between us and God. But in addition to that, Jesus says, I know there's going to be times that you get hurt. There's going to be some things that scar you in your life. There are going to be griefs, sorrows, emotional pains. There's going to be opportunities of anger. But I carried that to the cross. And I nailed it to the cross for you. So today's a decision day. Today's an opportunity to allow God to begin the healing. If you, if you sense and have known that you've been carrying grief, carrying hurt, carrying fear. If you know that that's you, I'm angry. I'm angry because of what happened. And I take it out on everybody. Right now is a time for you to get free. And experience joy that Jesus came to give. For joy comes in the morning. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. As I've been talking this morning, there may have been some things that resonate with you. You might be that person that says, I know that I've got some hurts, I've got some scars, I've got some things in the past, in the closet, in, the, in, in that dark place. I've compartmentalized it. You might be the individual that says, I know that I, I hurt people because I don't want to get hurt. You may identify that I've lived a life of fear. And if you want to experience true freedom, that's why you're here. Because Jesus came to heal your heart, to remove the grief, take the pain, and replace your anger with peace. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. This is just come to Jesus moment. I want to pray with you. But I just want to challenge you to be so bold to raise your hand to say, Pastor, I'll give you a a moment in a second to do that. But if you're here and you say, Pastor, that's me. I've been carrying hurt. I know it's there. I'm just angry. Just angry all the time. Would you just raise your hand so that I can acknowledge that? I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand back there. I see that hand. I see that hand way back there. That one back there. Thank you. You can put it down. I can see that one there, ma'am. Thank you so much. 
Man, at least 10, 12 hands went up in here. God is getting ready to touch your heart. You've acknowledged that hurt. You said, God, I want to be free. That's why we're here today. So just here's what I want you to do. Let's all of us just raise our hands toward heaven. As though I'm getting ready to receive something from God. And I'm going to pray. And you just purpose to say, God, right now, by faith, I receive healing. In Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice. Those that are listening online. Those that say, I have hurt, pain, scars, bitterness, anger. In Jesus' name, we say right now, we give it to you. I give it to you and I receive hope, help, and healing right now. Healing in my mind. Healing in my heart. Healing in my spirit. Healing in my emotions right now. Oh, we thank you, Father, that right now, joy and peace is filling and flooding their souls right now. From the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Right now, in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you right now. That memory, that trigger... In Jesus' name, we take authority over you right now. And we tell you to cease and desist. Devil, you are a liar. And we command you now to leave this family alone. And in the opportune time that you see that thought coming, you just out loud say, I'm free. For I gave that up. You can't use that against me anymore. Father, we thank you for the healing that has taken place right now. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.